This podcast contains adult themes and is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. If you enjoy this content, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen, and follow us on Instagram at Tales Driftwood. Tales of Driftwood, where story is everything. As always, I am your host, Eric, and today I'll be bringing you Chapter 24 of Hyde. When we were last with each other, Archer moved the Resistance from the warehouse where they had first joined forces to what he called the final base. As soon as they had arrived, Sammy had shown up and let them all know that Julian had sacrificed himself for Wade, but Benedict had gone back on his word and taken them both. Liam had sprung into action organizing a rescue team on the spot, comprised of himself, Dorian, Morales, Pierce, and Sammy. While they were discussing the team, Rogue had grabbed Julian's bag and snuck away. So with all that being said, I give you Hyde Chapter 24, Layers of Hell. Julian's eyes fluttered. Once. Twice. The third time he managed to get them to stay open, but immediately regretted doing so. Blinding light shone into his eyes and he closed them shut so hard tears ran down his face. He waited for several moments, feeling out his surroundings. He could tell that he wasn't laying down, but he wasn't sitting down either. Slowly, deliberately, he opened his eyes, squinting against the harsh light. He looked up and the realization came to him before the pain did. He was chained to the ceiling of this place by his hands. His body had been limp since he had been taken here, so the metal shackles had dug into his wrists as all of his weight leaned on them. With great effort, he pulled up on the chains and managed to get his feet underneath him, not realizing until he had accomplished his goal that his feet too were shackled and they were also asleep. He gritted his teeth and pulled up on the chain several times bouncing his useless legs on the floor to get the flow of blood back into them. The chains made sickening thuds on the floor of the room that resonated deep inside his head, making him wince with every echo. Sykes had landed one clean shot to his jaw to render him unconscious. His head now told him that he would be feeling that punch for a little while longer as it throbbed, making him wince again. As his legs regained feeling, 
His eyes began to adjust to the light around him, and he was able to make out what his surroundings were. He appeared to be in a room that was confused as to what it was. On one side of the room, there were stainless steel tables, covered with beakers with colorful liquids in them, and tools he would see in a laboratory. As he turned his head slowly, the room morphed into an operating station, complete with bed, overhead lamp, and operating tools. A groan from behind him made the hair on the back of his neck stand on end for a moment, before he forced himself to spin on his toes and face the groaning person. The sight before him almost made him vomit. It was Wade, but it looked as though his best friend was on his last legs. He was laying, propped up in a hospital bed, looking anxiously at Julian. There were two bandages covering his left arm at the shoulder and near his elbow. His right arm was handcuffed to the bed. His entire midsection was wrapped up, and a blanket covered the rest of his body. His face was remarkably clean of wounds until Julian saw another bandage covering most of Wade's right ear. Wade somehow managed to get out a chuckle. You look a lot better than I feel. Julian was having a hard time getting anything out, so Wade continued. They patched me up and gave me sort of a painkiller. Wasn't that sweet of them? Julian finally found words. Wade, are you... Well, I guess I could see how you are. Wade chuckled again. A throaty, sick-sounding chuckle. <laughs> yeah, you can see better than I can. One thing's for sure. For a guy that spent 25 years without ever taking a bullet, I've more than made up for that today. He laughed momentarily before a coughing fit seized him. He closed his eyes and let the fit take him, coughing so hard that Julian thought he might just die in front of him. It passed, however, and Wade trained his eyes on Julian again. Why are you here, Jules? I thought you were getting Vegas Guy from the woods. How could they have possibly gotten you? Did they get everyone else too? Tears came to his eyes as he said the last piece. Julian shook his head. No. Adrian stayed behind when you guys went in to get Clyde and Max out. So they have you, me, Adrian, and Max still. Wade closed his eyes and gulped hard. Then why are you here? Julian stared at him. Benedict came out with you, in front of the whole town. He threatened to kill you, Max, and Adrian if I didn't come forward and turn myself in. He gritted his teeth. He also said he would let you go if I came forward. Wade chuckled, a lot more lightly than his previous time. <laughs> and you believed him? Come on, Jules. You're supposed to be the smart one. Julian smiled and shook his head. I was desperate. I can't lose you here, Wade. I told you, I need you to help me finish this. Wade wagged a finger at him from his spot on the bed. No, don't even start that shit with me, Julian. I told Liam to tell you that it was all worth it. It would give my life meaning if I died here. He looked around and rolled his eyes. Not that I'm not thoroughly enjoying my stay here or anything, but I suppose this is better than being dead. He looked back at Julian solemnly. My point is, you're much more important to what's happening here than me, Max, and Adrian combined. You're the key. You're the flame. You're... Whatever the hell metaphor you want to use. When Benedict threatened to kill us all, you should have walked away. Julian gritted his teeth and shook his head. Never. You think I would be a leader if I walked away from the people that got me here? No. 
Now shut up and save your strength. I'm gonna figure out how to get us out of here. Wade laughed, making a strangled sound in his throat. Jules, my boy, you need to open your eyes a little wider. They have you locked up six ways to Sunday, and this? He held up his handcuffed right hand. I assure you, my friend, this is just for show. I couldn't move right now if you dangled one of Horace's homemade meals in front of my face. His eyes took on a joyous expression, which sounds amazing right now, by the way. Julian ignored him as the throbbing in his head was dying down. He looked up and down at his bonds. Wade was right. They had him chained up tightly, and the chains looked good. He bit his lip and looked up to his friend again. All right, maybe we're not getting out of here on our own, but we're not alone. We still have Archer and everyone else back at the base. They'll realize I'm missing, and when they find out from the townspeople what I did, they'll come for us. Wade leaned his head back on the pillow and sighed. <sighs> All right, Jules, but I've seen these guys in action. They're good. I mean, I know for sure that I got lucky when I took out a few of those guards. Julian nodded and a look of hope came over Wade's face. Vega's guy, the one in the woods. Did you get him? Julian nodded, smiling broadly. Yeah, he agreed to fight with us as long as we helped him out. Wade frowned. What could we do to help him? Isn't he supposed to be some kind of indestructible force? Julian's eyes narrowed as he heard approaching footsteps. Long story, I'll tell you later. Sounds like we have company right now. He had no sooner spoken these words than the door of the room opened to the left of Wade's bed. Julian's breath hitched as Victor Vegas strode casually into the room, giving him a gleaming smile of pristine teeth. Something in Julian's head wasn't connecting as he searched Vega's face. He couldn't place it momentarily as Vega doffed an imaginary hat at him and then it clicked. He hadn't aged. He hadn't really changed at all since Julian had seen him 15 years ago. Tall and gaunt, he reminded him of pictures of undertakers he had seen as a child. His face hadn't changed at all, however. Beady, evil-looking eyes still stared daggers at him behind thick eyeglasses. The only thing that had changed was Vega's hair. It hadn't become gray or white with age. He had simply cut his blackest sin hair from shoulder length to a neat, clean, short look. It was greased back against his head as he turned to face Wade as another person walked in the door after him. This person was nearly a complete contrast to Vega. He was almost as tall as the doctor, but muscular compared to Vega's skeletal frame. Julian had never met a person of Arab descent before. But he had seen pictures and books of them, and this man was a dead ringer. He had brown skin but not nearly as dark as Sykes or Clyde's. Thick eyebrows and curly medium-length hair stood out to Julian as the man regarded him with a cold glare. He sported a goatee and mustache that both looked as though he spent hours trimming them to just the right specifications every morning. Vega clapped his hands once and smiled evenly at them. Gentlemen, I welcome you both to my humble place of residence here in the great town of Hyde, he pointed at Julian. You might recognize this room, young Master McCoy. It's the one your mother died in all those years ago. Julian's throat closed up in sorrow and rage as Vega turned to Wade. And I believe they call you Wade? I trust you are feeling better than earlier today. Wade did nothing but glare angrily at him as Vega smiled back. I'll take that as an affirmative. If you weren't feeling better, you would be screaming in pain as you were before. 
A look of surprise crossed Vega's face as he drew a bony hand to his chest. Dear me, where are my manners? My name is Dr. Victor Vega. He threw a carefree smile over his shoulder to Julian. Mr. McCoy there already knew that. My associate here, however, he does not know. He smoothly moved over alongside the man from West Asia and put his hand on the man's shoulder. This is my associate, Dr. Saeed Rashad. Rashad, to his credit, did not play the same games that Vega did. He sneered at Julian and Wade, letting them know exactly how he felt about them from the start. Vega, on the other hand, continued to beam as if he had just discovered hidden treasure. Rashad here is also a doctor. Or was, anyway. Before he started experimenting on his patients, I mean. Now normally I would frown on such terrible things and chalk it up to him being highly disturbed. He stopped and looked at Julian. You know my patients get the best treatment anyone could ask for, don't you, Jules? Julian's heart beat like a locomotive in his chest as Vega continued. The experiments he was doing and the research that he was gathering nearly mirrored mine, however. So just out of simple curiosity, I rescued him when he was about to be executed in the town he was employed in. Wade cocked his head and shot a grim smile at Rashad. What? People don't like you either? Why don't you get these cuffs off of me and I'll give you a nice hug? Rashad glared at him as Vega clapped his hands once again and laughed a short, hollow laugh. <laughs> Fantastic. I like him, Julian, I really do. I've already seen what he could do with swords. And now to see that he has a sense of humor? Oh my. This is going to make what I do next so much more fun. Julian gave Vega a puzzled look. What? His thought was interrupted by the door swinging open so hard it banged against the wall. Jeffrey Benedict waddled angrily into the room, his legs working at a speed that Julian figured they hadn't moved at in years. He was drenched in sweat, from his face to his dress shirt. His face was the color of lava as he strode angrily to where Julian was hanging, considered him momentarily, and then spit full on his face. Marcus Sykes walked in the door just steps after Benedict, wearing an olive skull cap and casually smoking a long cigarette. As he walked in the door, Rashad blocked his way and pointed an angry finger at him. You can't smoke in here. You've been told this before. Sykes considered him coolly and then slapped his trademark smile on his face. Why's that, brada? This ain't a hospital anymore. Rashad gave an exasperated sigh. We have many things in here that smoke can damage. Formulas could change if they are exposed to your smoke. Sykes shrugged and stared at Rashad as he slowly doused the cigarette on his own forehead. Rashad grimaced as a small amount of blood dripped from where Sykes had created an ashtray. Benedict was still simply scowling at Julian until he opened his mouth to say something. Then Benedict was all over him, punching him repeatedly in his stomach and midsection and ending with a punch to Julian's face. All of the blows felt like a pillow fight to Julian, as he thought to himself that all the muscle tone in Benedict's body must have shriveled up and died years ago. Vega stepped forward, the smile gone from his face. That's enough, Jeffrey. Benedict was severely out of breath, but he ignored Vega and instead grabbed the collar of Julian's shirt, pulling him close until Julian could smell his putrid breath as he spoke. You son of a bitch. You try to ruin everything. He took a moment to compose himself, then looked back up at Julian. Everything I've built since I took over. You come back here to destroy that? 
you're like your father. Stupid. Ignorant. And ultimately, you'll end up like him too. With you dead, the McCoys will be wiped completely off the face of the earth. He smiled, somewhat pacified by this, until Vega strode up angrily behind him and clamped a bony hand onto his shoulder. You're not touching my patient before I'm through with him, Jeffrey. Benedict whirled towards Vega in shock. Patient? I hope you don't have anything planned for this waste of life, Vega. I have a public execution planned for both he and his little friend there tomorrow. Vega rolled his eyes in annoyance at Benedict. Yes, yes, public executions. History has shown us that is indeed a great technique to control the mindless masses. Benedict glared at Vega. I don't care. I don't care what you think. I'm killing them both tomorrow, and the pissy little resistance that I've been hearing so much about lately will die with them. Do you know why? Because I am a master strategist. I will break their will by killing their leader, and then they will either try to flee or they will give themselves up. Either way, I'll kill them all. Vega shook his head as the smile returned to his face. You wanted power, so we gave you power. I'm realizing now, though, that we should not have given such power to a man that throws a temper tantrum anytime someone tells him he's wrong or pokes a little fun at him. Anyway, you won't be having a public execution with either of these boys tomorrow, as I have big plans for both of them. Benedict was livid, his face now turning a dark purple as he strode purposely towards Vega. You're nothing here, Vega. I am the mayor. I make the rules. My word is law. If I want their heads on a goddamn platter tomorrow, I'll have it. The only reason why you have this convenient laboratory here is because I handed it to you." Vega's eyes narrowed as he bent at the waist to get to the same level as Benedict's eyes. Now, now, Jeffrey. I believe we both remember how things happened back in the day. You know very well that you wouldn't be mayor right now if it weren't for me. He leaned closer still until his wraith-like face was almost touching Benedict's fat, sweaty one. And we both know that if I wanted to unseat you, I could. Just. Like. That. He snapped two emaciated fingers together and Benedict actually cringed. All the adrenaline seemingly gone, Benedict reverted to his more natural state. Fragile and nervous. He anxiously glanced around the room before looking back to Vega. Where is Santana? There's still three of us. His vote will break the tie. Vega chuckled and straightened up, stalking over to his desk on his stilt-like legs. Santana? Oh yes. I'm sure he would break the tie. Public executions are his hobby. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Santana or his followers lately. To be quite honest, I think they've all become very unstable, and I've had thoughts of eliminating all of them from the equation together. We don't need a madman like that just running around. Wade piped up from his hospital bed. Yeah, you wouldn't want a crazy person running around. It would upset the balance of all the other crazy shit you have going on here. Vega smiled chummily at him. My, my, do you have a mouth on you? We'll change that soon enough. Benedict was still staring at Vega, but now he had a defeated look on his face. He walked over to the doctor. His purposeful march had morphed into his normal, pitiful waddle. He looked up to Vega and managed to sneer at him. I'll... I'll give you a few hours. It's seven right now. I want to see you at the mansion by eleven. We'll discuss everything then. 
He walked out of the room, Sykes giving Julian a wink before following his boss out of the door. As they exited, Wade began to laugh freely in his hospital bed. Julian looked over at him, Benedict's spit still drying on his face. Ho ho ho, Vega buddy. Looks like there's trouble in paradise. I thought you three had such a nice little arrangement here. You did all the work, Benedict got all the credit, and Santana uh, wore robes and ate people, right? Rashad took a step towards Wade and Wade playfully stuck his tongue out at him. Furious, Rashad cocked a fist back to strike Wade, but Vega barked at him. No, this is what I've been saying to you, Saeed. You have no temper control. This is how you were caught, and this is why I am where I am today. Control. He smiled knowingly at Wade. The thing is, Saeed, we know something that our guest here does not know. This knowledge puts us in the driver's seat. It will drive him insane now, trying to guess what it is and heaping every sort of clever comment or insult that he knows at us, trying to throw us off. The key is to never let him know. Wade snorted laughter at Vega. <laughs> I don't care about you or your little secrets, you skeletal mother. He trailed off, his eyes rolling back in their sockets as he limply leaned back on his bed. Julian stared at him in horror as Vega spoke. There, there, Julian. He's fine. I noticed before he gets a little rambunctious, so I put a little something in him while he was unconscious. He held up a small device and smiled. Remote-controlled sedative. Really a beautiful thing. Julian bared his teeth at Vega. You son of a bitch. What makes you think that you can do the things that you do? Vega looked at him with a faint expression of hurt. I'm really not a bad person, Jules. I need you to see that. I gave the sedative to your friend for his own good. Everything that I've done, and everything that I'm going to do, I've done for very good reasons. It's nothing personal against you. He paused momentarily, bringing a finger up to his lips thoughtfully. Although, I suppose you probably think it is personal. Well then, let me explain everything. He pulled a stool up about ten feet from where Julian hung suspended and sat down, smiling cruelly at Julian. You see, Julian, it might look as if I've been targeting your family and friends. And in a way, I suppose I have. But that was never my intent. You see, I've always had a vested interest in evolution. You know, everything evolves, don't you? Animals, cultures, music, weapons, and the most important of all, people. He paused as Julian looked away from him, refusing to make eye contact. Oh, Julian, I think you'll want to hear all of this. I began experimenting on people very early in my career, trying to figure out what makes people tick and how to improve them. As I conducted my experiments, I stumbled onto an enormous discovery. Evolution had indeed been taking place in humans all these years, just in very small doses. Something has happened since the Great Separation, however. Something that has stunted the evolutionary progress of human beings. I was distraught when I realized that humans, as a whole, had stopped evolving. Until I made a second discovery, this one more important than the first. It seemed as though one bloodline was still evolving. I wasn't sure if it was the only one, but I realized that I had to go to the place where the bloodline resided. This is what brought me to Hyde. Vega smiled as Julian's head snapped up 
his eyes locking with the boys. Good. I thought that might keep you interested. I was readily accepted in Hyde when I arrived, as I was and still am the most gifted surgeon this place has ever seen. The problem wasn't getting a job here. It was finding someone who believed in what I believed, or finding someone I could trick into believing we had the same passion. Your father was a dead end. I saw as soon as I arrived here that he would have serious problems with me conducting experiments on anyone, let alone the sick. He pointed towards the door Benedict had stormed out of earlier. Mr. Benedict, on the other hand, was easily manipulated. You should have seen him when I told him about my real reason for coming to Hyde. Poor fool actually thought he might be the one with evolving DNA. I performed a test on him just to humor him, and he was painfully disappointed when it came back negative. He wanted to oust the mayor's position from your father even before I arrived here, though, and he agreed to fund me and give me whatever I needed to make my discovery. Granted, of course, that I give him all the credit for helping me with my research. After months of experimenting on patients passing through the hospital, I was disappointed. Nothing had pointed me in the right direction. Nothing had shown me or given me any clues to who had the advanced bloodline. Vega coughed and turned to Rashad. Doctor, could you please get me some water? Thank you. Rashad left the room willingly enough and Vega continued the story. Now, at some point we started running out of subjects. Hyde was a very healthy place back in the day, as you probably remember. So Benedict and myself had to get creative. We brought in Lucas Santana, who had his fledgling religion to nurture, and asked him if he could create some subjects for us. Julian stared at him in amazement. So you intentionally hurt people so that you could experiment on them? Vega rolled his eyes dramatically. Oh, come on, Julian. As you've probably guessed by now, that's not the worst thing I've ever done. That news shouldn't even really shock you. Anyway, Santana began arranging accidents for people. No one ever died, just got injured enough so that they were brought to the hospital and I was given access to all of them. It was going well for a while. No results, but at least I was eliminating possibilities. Then came the turning point. Either a nurse at the hospital caught me conducting an experiment, or Benedict ran his mouth about being the progressive that he is. Either way, your father found out. He confronted Benedict and I in private, telling us that he wouldn't embarrass either one of us in front of the town, but that our days in Hyde were finished. As if I cared about being embarrassed in front of these people. He coughed as Rashad entered the room and handed him a glass of water. Vega smiled his thanks and returned to Julian. Anyway, I agreed to leave easily enough. I was disappointed, but I understood. Benedict, on the other hand, wept openly. He threw himself at your father's feet and begged to stay. After a brief discussion, your father agreed. That was your father's biggest weakness, you know. Compassion. He smiled sweetly as Julian bored a hole through his head with his eyes. As I was saying, I was actually fine with leaving Hyde. I had actually began to doubt my research about the advanced bloodline after all the months of dead ends. That was until a happy little accident happened. I was packing up all my equipment, preparing to leave by the end of the week, when your father came to see me. He expressed his regret about having to let me go, but explained that he morally had issues with what I was doing, and so would the rest of Hyde. As he was leaving, he accidentally stepped on a scalpel I had dropped on the floor. It went through his shoe and foot easily. 
Luckily for him, he was in a hospital. Luckily for me, he bled all over my floor. Out of simple curiosity, and let's face it, desperation, I tested your father's blood. Wouldn't you know, the last person I tested turned out to be the advanced bloodline. Vega smiled cruelly as realization dawned on Julian's face. Such a bright boy. Yes, your father had the evolving blood. More on that in a little bit. After making this discovery, I knew I couldn't possibly just walk out of hide, leaving everything as it was. I spoke to Benedict, who promised me that if I helped him become the new mayor, he would give me whatever I wanted to do my research. You see, I wanted to kickstart human evolution once again. It was wrong that your father was the only one who had evolving blood, and even more wrong that he wanted me out of hide. So I hatched a plan. Benedict hired some thugs from outside of town along with his buddy Marcus Sykes. I brought Santana in on the plan, and he agreed to help if we gave him complete freedom to do what he wanted with his religion once Benedict was in control. We agreed, and the plan was set into motion. Vega paused, getting up from his seat and considering Julian with unfeeling eyes. This next part may get a bit emotional for you, so I'll stand so it doesn't appear as if I'm gloating. Sykes killed the lawman whose car hit your mother. It was actually Sykes himself driving the car that hit your mother. It was a message to your father. It was meant to make him panic and try to flee hide, which is exactly what happened. Your father's friend, the lawman Adam Jones, had been a constant thorn in my side. Your father told him to stay at the hospital for my last week there to make sure I didn't do anything excessive. I needed him out of the way as well. The day that your mother was brought to the hospital, when you and your father came to see her, Marcus Sykes killed Jones. I believe it was while your father was still inside with your mother, actually. When your father went outside to check on you, I finished off your mother. Vega cocked his head to look at Julian as tears welled up in the boy's eyes. As I said, I held no grudges against your mother. She was simply part of the equation to get to your father. Anyway, with both your mother dead and his best friend mysteriously missing, your father did the predictable thing and tried to flee hide. We had a team all set up to make sure he didn't get away. Marcus Sykes led the team that Benedict hired outside of Hyde and he trailed off and closed his eyes, bringing his hand to the bridge of his nose. <sighs> Mabin. Mabin was supposed to be the key. I had used what little blood I had to finish my formula and create a serum which would give someone the ability to evolve. Mabin was given the formula and it worked to perfection. The attack on your house was supposed to go smoothly. Our men would kill everyone inside except for your father and then Benedict would spin it as invading bandits and seize control of Hyde. Julian looked at him through fiery eyes. That is what happened, you piece of shit. You got what you wanted. Vega held up a finger. Ah, uh, I did, and I didn't. You see, your father thought that we might attack, so he made preparations. Sykes and his men weren't expecting a fight when they arrived, but a fight is what they got. I'm sure you know the whole story. Hell, you were actually there. The thing is, you escaped somehow, probably with the old man, and Mabin shot your father in the back. A look of shock crossed Julian's face. Rogue? Rogue shot my father? Vega laughed at the name. <laughs> oh yes, that's what he's calling himself these days. Yes, my boy. 
Maven, or Rogue, went off and did his own thing, shooting your father in the back with an arrow and allowing you to escape. Now, at first glance, I didn't see this as a problem. I had your father. I fixed him right up and he survived the arrow wound. I had my formula. I could create as many batches of serum as I wanted to. I was happy. Content. Then, when I ran more tests on your father, I had another realization. He approached Julian slowly, his malicious eyes trained on Julian's tear-streaked face. The evolution of the bloodline is generational, which means the next descendant of the bloodline has stronger evolutionary capabilities than the current subject. He stepped in front of Julian, smiling wickedly. He jabbed a bony finger in Julian's chest. You, you my boy, are the key to my work. You are the last of the McCoys, and therefore have the highest potential of any human being on the planet right now. Julian stared at him confused. Wait, you said that my father survived. Where is he? And how can I be the last of the McCoys if he's still alive? Vega sighed sadly and turned back around. Julian saw that Wade was starting to stir in his bed, his eyes opening and closing slowly, trying to wake up completely. Sad, sad thing what happened there. I'm sure you heard about Rogue? Rogue, Rogue going insane and escaping, destroying my lab and all my research when he did. Your father was in a separate wing of the hospital when Rogue escaped, but he found out somehow. I came to him shortly after the incident to draw some more blood, and he began mocking me. I must admit it, it was a moment of weakness for me. With everything that had happened, finding out that you were supposedly dead, and the best chance of creating a perfect serum, my success in Rogue turning into a failure when he abandoned me and destroyed all of my work, I was volatile. Your father enraged me, so I put him down. Julian stared at him. You... You killed my father? Vega nodded slowly, deliberately. Killed him and bled him dry. Took as much of that precious blood that I could after I realized my mistake. Of course, his blood only went so far before it ran out, and unfortunately, I didn't have my serum perfected before it did. He grinned happily and put out his arms spinning around. But all is well now. The serum is in working order, and you came back just in time to be the final ingredient. Isn't life grand, old Jules? Julian's eyes were tearing again, and he was biting his lips so hard he was drawing blood. His head felt like it was about to burst with everything he had just learned. You killed both of my parents. For what? Because you think that my family is special? My dad was a normal man. Nothing evolved about him except maybe his belief in mankind. Me? I'm just a kid that came back to his home to right or wrong. Sorry to disappoint you, Vega, but all your life's worth has been for nothing, and you'll burn in hell for what you've done." Vega smiled sadly at him. You're wrong, Julian, and you'll witness how wrong you are firsthand. Your father did indeed have abilities that normal human beings do not possess. I told you he survived the arrow wound? It was not simply because of my expertise. His body began to heal the damage the arrow had done even while the arrow was still embedded in him. He had another ability too, one that we flushed out once we sent Sykes to the mole tunnel to intimidate him further. Upon my recollection, Sykes said that you were there as well, 
Maybe you could remember something unusual happening between your father and Sykes. Julian opened his mouth to retort, and then a fuzzy image came to him. The words he was going to spit out of Vegas stuck in his throat as he was transported back in time by a memory. Himself as a child, looking out of the mole window, terrified as Sykes slowly approached his father, his terror turning to confusion as his father calmly lifted his hand to his stop position in front of Sykes's face, the massive brute falling to the ground screaming in agony and cursing his father's name. His father had hurried back to the mole and Julian had asked him what had happened. Harold McCoy had never gotten the chance to tell his son. Julian looked up at Vega with realization on his face as the doctor pointed at him. You do remember. Yes. While your father was unconscious, I examined him head to foot. He had these tiny little holes in his wrist. Underneath the holes were small pouches, dripping with some kind of venom. When he wanted to, he could release any amount of the venom that was necessary, either stunning or killing his attacker. He probably could have killed Sykes in that tunnel, but... He shrugged. As I said earlier, compassion was your father's biggest weakness. Julian looked at Vega. His head ached, and the exhaustion of the day and the fact that he hadn't eaten or drank anything in hours was beginning to catch up to him. I... My abilities... Vega shrugged again moving over to some of the vials of liquid on the other side of the room and mixing them. I'm not sure if they've manifested yet, dear Jules. You are, genetically speaking, stronger than your father was. He had at least two abilities, maybe even more. That being said, you may have had some of your abilities manifest already, and just haven't realized it. Maybe chalked up some incredible things you've done to luck or intuition. Hell, just getting inside of Hyde must have taken more than a normal man could do. Julian stared at Vega, his vision becoming blurry. He saw Wade sit up in the bed across from him, fully awake now, although Julian didn't know how long he had been up or how much he had heard. What do you want with me? Wade rasped in a scratchy voice. Vega smiled excitedly and quickly walked over to Wade's bed, leaning over the foot of the bed. You, my friend, are key in all of this too. I saw what you did at Benedict's taking on all those men. I also saw something in you that I'm sure you've seen, and possibly others have as well. He winked mockingly at Wade. You go to a dark place, don't you, Wade? It's alright, some people have that place they go to. You actually enjoy hurting and taking lives, don't you? Not the people you love or care about, of course not them. But anyone or anything else, you enjoy the power you feel. Wade's mouth gaped open and Vega smiled knowingly. We have footage of you. Footage of you walking the street with your friends, killing a guard and taking his head off. During the struggle at Benedict's it surfaced too. Both times you were grinning like a Cheshire cat. Wade closed his mouth and hung his head in shame. Vega shook his head. Uh, no need to feel embarrassed, my friend. Others may judge you and look harshly at you for having those feelings, but not me. I see them as potential. It is, in fact. Why, after I complete the serum, you will be my next test subject. Rashad, Wade, and Julian all snapped their heads towards Vega at once, but Julian was the first to speak. What? He shouted angrily at Vega. You can't do that. Vega rolled his eyes sarcastically left and right. Pretty sure I can do whatever I want to do right now, Jules. You see, 
The problem with Rogue wasn't the serum. It was my operation on his brain. The personality inhibitor and mind control. I've mastered that part of the procedure now, so Weed will soon stand by my side as the first of a new breed. He turned back to Weed and raised his fists, almost shaking with excitement. Your personality is garbage, Wade. Foul-mouthed, rude, always talking. It's your baser instincts and obvious skills as a fighter I'm interested in. Once I'm finished with you, you will still have all the skills that make you the menace that you are, but you won't remember anything about how you came to be. Wade lost his mind. He began to flail wildly, the handcuffs making a loud clanging sound on the bed as he thrashed about. Julian saw red starting to spread on the clothes Wade was wearing, and realized that he had reopened the wounds that Vega had repaired earlier. Wade, stop struggling. You'll kill yourself. Wade ignored his best friend, continuing to writhe and kick on the bed, screaming out obscenities and nonsense as he did. Rashad looked to Vega and the doctor nodded at his assistant, hitting the button that he held earlier. Wade instantly went glassy-eyed again, his shoulders slumping disturbingly. Before he again lost consciousness, he managed to give Julian a sad look. He managed to give Julian a sad look and raised his hand as if to say goodbye before falling limp back into his pillow. Rashad moved to Wade to check him out. The McCoy boy was right. The patient seems to have reopened his wounds. Vega sighed loudly, putting the button down on a table. <sighs> Very well. We'll have to move the procedure up to now and transformed the boy immediately. Now it was Julian's turn to yell. He screamed pointlessly at Vega and Rashad as they loaded the friend that he had since childhood onto a gurney, first threatening them, and then pleading with them. They paid no attention to him as they talked between each other, discussing details of their procedure. Finally, Rashad wheeled the unconscious Wade out of the room and left Vega standing facing Julian. Julian was exhausted. He kept blinking his eyes to keep the blackness that kept trying to keep up on him away. Vega was smiling cruelly at him as he again went to his collection of vials on the table and started to gather them up. You... you can't... you... you need my blood, Julian gasped out. Vega looked at him and shook his head triumphantly. I took it already, dear Julian. I'm afraid all there is left to do is change the boy you've known and loved for so long. Julian shook his head and looked at Vega desperately. Please, don't, don't do this. You, you've taken everything else from me. Vega moved to Julian's near limp body and gave him a patronizing pat on his head. Then stop making it so easy for me to take from you. He smiled cruelly and whirled around, heading for the door. Wait! Julian managed to raise his voice to a near shout to get Vega's attention. The doctor turned, one eyebrow arched questioningly. Yes? Julian looked at him blankly. A few people have said, Liam said he saw a monster in the old mole tunnels. Rogue said you used a dead body for your second subject and the monster is the product of that. Whose dead body did you use? Vega threw back his head and laughed sadistically. He wiped his eyes and considered Julian. Oh, Jules, I can read you like a book. You think that I dug up your mother and injected her with the serum, don't you? Julian didn't answer, his eyes opening and closing at will, trying to stay awake. His silence said enough. Vega once again drew near and looked at Julian. 
Well, my boy, I have some bad news and some good news. The good news is that I didn't dig up your mother and use her body. You will be happy to know that she still resides on that hill where you buried her so many years ago. He turned and strode purposefully out of the room, calling over his shoulder as he left the room. The bad news is that your Uncle Adam was not so lucky. He was the only body that I had readily available, so I injected him. Needless to say, it didn't go so well. The door banged shut behind him, and Julian, overcome both physically and emotionally, lost the battle with the blackness as it stole him away. Thank you so much for joining me for chapter 24. Next week, we will see if any of the rescue team will be able to rescue Julian and Wade. Will they be too late? Will Wade be transformed forever? And will Julian still even be able to lead the resistance after everything that Vega has revealed to him? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. So until we meet again, make your story a good story. And maybe, someday, I'll be telling your story. Be safe out there, everyone. Goodbye.